I have a question about high fidelity because I was thinking about that movie today. I was thinking about it when I was in my kitchen. Answer. Is the quote, it's what you like, not what you are like, or is it the opposite? Is it, it's not what you like, it's what you are like? It's not what you, it's what you, ooh, it's... We got, we got plenty of time to sit around and think, you know, it's all good. And, and, and the quote verbatim is, I agreed that what really matters is what you like, not what you are like. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow, but it's the fucking truth. And by this measure, I was having one of the best dates of my life. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Call me shallow, but it's the fucking truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meaning like if you just have enough, enough touchstones, you can like make that connection. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. Old School Magic the Gathering, which is what brings us here on this stormy Tuesday evening. Um, <laughs> Tyler Edders is joining us uh, this time. Tyler, how is uh, sunny SoCal? It is sunny. It is southern. It is California. It is probably, oh, 90 degrees, low humidity, nice blue skies. Got some lizards outside. Mm-hmm. Motorcycle just went by. Life's good. Good deal. How's, uh, how's Chicago? Stormy? Yeah, a storm, a, a banger of a storm just rolled through like an hour ago. Thunder, lightning, and the whole the whole shebang. Wow. No tornado warnings, though, like Manhattan had a couple days ago. <laughs> I didn't hear any sirens. That's good. And Nick Rohr is joining. Uh, Rohr, where is your crib at? I've never been to your place. Is it in Andersonville? It's a little, yeah, it's in Edgewater. Okay, so um, a little bit further north. Andersonville, like... Yeah, by the you know south of like Rogers Park, north of Uptown, you know that kind of little pocket. Mm. And with us as always is the champ. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> from, from his men's home, <laughs> from his home home for unwashed youths. <laughs> uh, I tried the miscellaneous. Yeah, yeah. I try to you know. I try to I try to do the best I can, but anyway. <laughs> my best is not very good. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great to have you all here. Um, thought to get you two on just to sort of uh, catch up and uh, and shoot the shits. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be all uh, magic talk. We're kind of um, we're kind of shopping around the club, and uh, you know this this these tournaments this quarantine cup series that we've we've been holding um is really just a great way of of checking up on everyone you know the the mm-hmm. results of it aside it's just great to you know actually point the camera at you know your face instead of your cards for a little bit and just oh yeah see everyone's unique situation that that to me has what that that that's been striking to me like everyone everyone has their you know, so, you know, everyone has their problems. Everyone has the things that have been that have been going well, the things that keep them happy. So, 
um, it's all good, baby. Yeah, it's been a beautiful, a beautiful mode of connection. I missed the first quarantine cup because none of my cards are here in California, but uh, participating in the second one has been great. Why don't you have a mud drop shipped to you? I don't risk reward. I don't. I don't know if it makes sense to send. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, we are like, playing proxy legal anyway, so. Yeah, it's just I, I really like holding the cards, but I don't know if it's worth having it yeah. shipped to me. No, I hear you. Have you gotten your interface uh, running a little bit more smoothly? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Just sharing part of the screen, running cockatrice. And um, just like a single local player game. So it's been okay. Actually, last night, Greg and I hooked up the, the dual link cockatrice and it worked pretty well. That's my first time doing that. So yeah, probably do, be doing more of that. Looks like you finally linked to the old school art database, right? So it's not just like wretched modern reprints. Oh. Exactly. You have to go through line by line and turn off every single set from 2020 <laughs> to 2001. And then, and then you're Wait, golden. so like, like for all your basic lands, you have to like unselect them all? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, if yeah. you don't turn it off, it defaults to the most recent, which the most recent was like uh, unsanctioned basics, you know, like the full art basics. So it's hilarious. If you're trying to play a a goblin king with this mountain from 2019. Have you guys seen these Godzilla lands though? I want these so bad. <laughs> they have Godzilla yeah. in the art. Okay, yeah. can you tell me what the deal with Godzilla is? Hasbro like recently well, acquired Godzilla as a property or something. The um, licensing, probably. Yeah. Well, not like yeah. So they've kind of shoehorned it into all art versions of magic cards, but which is like whatever, but the basic lands with Godzilla, like fighting other monsters on them. Like I'm getting an absurd amount of those. <laughs> okay. I, that actually sounds sick. You've got to look them up and they're like Japanese tags. And it's like full art lands. It's beautiful. Okay. And yeah. Godzilla was a movie from like the sixties. Dude, dude, you know what Godzilla is. We're not going to go down this road. Are we? I th- are you being I, serious? I know that it's like a Japanese movie from the sixties, right? I literally know absolutely, absolutely nothing about it. Do yourself yeah. a favor though. And do yes. watch it if it's that hazy, to you it's, it's such an important movie. Um, the franchise itself is nebulous, you know, like you can, you can browse that at your leisure, but the Gojira, like the first Godzilla, you really should do yourself a favor and watch that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's like know one of the good. original monster movies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm was the part of my yeah yeah no, no, i'm out. just i'm throwing it out there it's like a, i recommend it if you got time in your hands you're like what do i watch Toss it d- d- i'll tell you this one skip like the 1999 one with matthew broderick <laughs> <laughs> actually did you see the one that was made by the guy who made uh uh neon genesis uh evangelion like the shin godzilla no from that watch was from it. like a couple years ago right yes watch it yeah i heard it was good i have a buddy that's a, like a real big time off the it, deep end for godzilla stuff He's it's told almost me like it. you, it's almost like you forget how good godzilla can be because there have been so many and it's just such like a all right this year's another one another one and it's an institution you know but then when that one came out it was like it rewrote everything but with complete respect to the like og godzilla it's uh-huh. I, I don't want to give anything away just do watch it like do watch it yeah and like the original godzilla was sort of a response to nuclear proliferation and what absolutely. happens to the environment and everything so Absolutely, I'm sure there's a whole new spin on that 
Yeah. Yeah, there's there's consequences and nature strikes back. So welcome to Godzilla cast. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Anyways, so, so yeah, back to the like back to the Q cup. So we're, we're doing our second iteration of the Q cup. Again, it's four rounds of old school, four rounds of middle school. We're kind of wrapping up uh, the the uh, the old school pods right now. Uh, Carter, you, know, you just you just turned in a delightful one and three finish. <laughs> yeah, Slack put this all together. Is that the? Oh idea? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mister Mister Punts, as we call him here on the cast, <laughs> we use his we use his gnome de guerre, and we call him Mister Punts. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I decided to play mono green this time around um, with uh, astronauts, transmogrants, and relic barriers as the unstoppable <laughs> creature disruption package. What a madman! Um, and yeah, I definitely deserve my my one and three finish. Um, and by that, I mean, I definitely deserve the three losses, but I absolutely deserve the <laughs> win. What was the win? Can we give me zero in on the win? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, my win was against a fully powered, uh, workshops deck. Um, piloted by a hapless, <laughs> a hapless driver that didn't know what route to take. Well, you got to think about it. The four relic barriers, the Gaia's Avengers, the Crumbles, the Scavenger Folk. Like, yeah. Avenger is hot tech. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, the, the, the spicy thing is you use Transmogrant to make their creature an artifact, right. tap it with the yeah. relic barrier, and your Avenger gets even thicker. Yeah, that Avenger was pretty thick every time it came down and hit the board. It was like 5-5 five, five at least. Yeah. Um, but playing the deck without giant growth is pretty atrocious. I thought you had it. That's why I wasn't using that trike to machine gun your dudes down a bunch. Yeah, unfortunately, I I I just couldn't find room for it because I figured well, you were, I needed a lot you of were creatures. busy with Ashnod's transmigrant. Uh, sorry, would you mind repeating that? No, you were you you couldn't fit in the giant growth because you you were just tied up with the transmigrants. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it, um, I don't know. It was, uh, I feel like I made the, the standard mono green deck a lot worse. Uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was, it was a good experiment. It's like all the same stuff that you fucking lose to earthquake, falling star, like power, you know. So the, all those falling the real stars question though is how many Pendle Haven? Three. Yes, three the correct number. Can three I and four is more correct than two? I'll say. Can I ask mm. so what else? What else? Because like I'm trying to imagine this deck. What else supports it? Like, what else? Is there any other spice floating around in the seventy-five? Because I love what I'm hearing so far. Um, Slug. It's four. Yeah, it's I'm playing three spitting slug, three guys avenger. Yeah. <laughs> um four relic barriers, four transmogrants, four scrib sprites, four um Lanawar, four Argothian, um, three crumble, a scavenger folk. So no tracker is what you're telling me. No, I didn't <laughs> want tracker this time because I just wanted to play guys that turn sideways and dealt the most amount of damage. With tracker, if I, you don't have the giant growth and you don't have the Wailuli wolves. Yeah. It, seems like sort of mediocre 
I just, I love that guy. I think mono green. He's such like a, I don't even know. He's a dope car, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I do think that the tracker giant growth version is probably better than this thing that I came up with. Like I liked the Avengers. Um, and I and like berserk with all the Avengers. In there. Um, you know what? Well, since I wasn't playing giant growth, berserk was, was a non-starter for me. That's fair. Um, but I could certainly get behind somebody wanting to play four berserks and four giant growths. That's it's a little all in for for my taste, but um, the ability to like cheese out wins also seems pretty good against people whose decks are way better than yours. Yeah, just a swift attack. I was doing some testing with Cam and um, you know, whatever. We'll spill the beans here. I don't care. Uh, his deck was a blue green berserk deck, and he got me a couple times just with like, you know, a quick 10, 12, 14 damage from, um, what's that blue dude, Serendib to Jin? Cause that, that, cause that's some real math that you don't, you're like, how much can they really do over the next like three turns? Okay. I'm prepared for that. Suddenly it's like, okay, well how about giant growth berserk? And you're like, I didn't account for that. Like, yeah, that's 16 to the dome right there. <laughs> I remember, um, when I first started playing old school, I played mono blue and my first piece of power that I got, I think was time walk. And I mm. played a single serendip gin in my deck. Um, I was playing flying men, unstable mutations, four spikes, counter spells, boomerangs, serendibs. I remember going serendip gin untap. So, so I, I tapped out for a serendip gin. Um, then I went, uh, unstable, unstable time walk attack for 11 untap attack for nine kill you. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I love old school. Math is perfect. And then, and then it, it was like the first piece of power, you know, um, and that was the only time that ever happened. And it was the only time that that ever happened for me. And then, yeah, I just proceeded to get murdered by city in a bottle for some reason. <laughs> Go figure. See, I, I really do feel like people are out to get me because I just lost to acid rain and that <laughs> card is just inexcusable to be in a sideboard. But I feel like <laughs> there's surveillance on me in my apartment. Dude, like, you are the champ. It is lonely at the top. Yeah. I'm just saying the head that wears the crown. after that happened, I, I looked around my room for a camera because you're, you're bugged man you're bugged there's, there's no other explanation for that what's well, an acid rain is a, it's not no i was gonna ask acid rain is a four drop isn't it mm -hmm. destroy all forests three in a blue or something like that yeah it is <laughs> and 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 this is after you know you've, you've been balled by the cop green and the and the life tap and now we just had to complete the trifecta with the acid rain it's like if you have acid rain, you're already playing blue. It's, it's, this is the reason why this is so frustrating. You're already playing blue. It's already going great for you, right? And then <laughs> your opponent's playing green. It's the best possible outcome, right? Yeah. You already have the, all of the chips are on your side initially. You're playing blue, they're playing green, and then you have to play Acid Rain. It was just the worst. One more. It is, but at the same time, 
I feel like Acid Rain belongs in a certain like group of because that was through Unlimited, right? That was yeah. not in Revive. So like, uh, no the, way, it was in Legends, dude. Was in Legends? I, I didn't so. think you're well. It was never in Revised, Is more of my point. Okay. And so it belongs so much to old school that like when somebody pulls out even sideboard hate like that, like that's never seen the light of day outside of old school. I'm just like, that's right where this mm. card belongs. You know, the art is super sick too. And the art oh is sick. Goodness. And yeah, the, co- the color hosers are just so much a part of They're so the way absurd. the game was initially. Like designed. if somebody hit me yeah. with tsunami, not that I've ever played blue. <laughs> now tsunami makes sense. Tsunami is I'm the fucking underdog and I have yeah. a haymaker punch. Not that the actually I don't really think that tsunami is a very good card, but No, yeah, tsunami doesn't do anything. <laughs> the idea is you have a haymaker against the bully on the playground. Mm-hmm. You that don't have always one land at most. <laughs> Yeah, right? It's like they keep their mocks, they keep their factory. Yeah. Roar, <laughs> okay. you're saying that you don't play blue. In our Q Cup 2 match, you played uh, all three pieces of blue power against me. I will say more factually, I did. Um, <laughs> I, have the, I have the vintage like proxies, and I don't use proxies you know, at the old school like ordinarily. So when I say always, I guess, yeah, excluding now, and I'm like, because the one problem, I don't want to say, Mm, kind of a problem that I have with old school is like factually speaking, there's no reason why you shouldn't be using the entire restricted list and then some, and then whatever duels support it, but it's cost prohibitive. Like I don't have any, I don't own a piece of power. So my decks are usually some kind of like, um, I don't know, circus (laughs) that like try to dance around people that do have power. But well, now that I have it, I'm like, well, of course I'm going to run like Time Walk, Recall, oh, yeah. Time Twister, and not consider it a blue deck, you know? Yeah. So you're uh, saying is, if you had power, you'd play it. No, that's the, that's my problem with power, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's such an auto-include. Like, yeah. I have a library of Alexandria copy. I've never played one before. Now that I'm playing with it, I'm like, God, this deck is like... So good! And butter. Even when your hand is empty... And then you hit a wheel. You're like, great, and draw another one. <laughs> it's yeah. so dumb. No, it's, I mean, that's, that's old school, though. Like, your, no, your, no, your, deck, your deck should be, see, I think the interesting thing about all of this stuff is that there's now this proxy precedent that we've stepped over, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're getting more mm-hmm. used to them. We, they're, they're, finally, they're finally out there. And like when I play against Nick Rohr, I want the fucking most actualized version of your deck to battle against. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're always going to have whatever. You're always going to have Rook Eggs and Nev's Discs and like whatever deck that you build. But That's I want to face the version of it that has Ancestral and Moxon and Library. Well, I think our, our, our proxy precedent originally stemmed from a purely pragmatic and practical approach of us getting drunk and dropping our cards on the floors of bars and saying oh you know what let's actually uh just use a proxy y'all know that i have a black lotus so i'm going to play with this when we go out tonight so that we don't you know accidentally yeah, absolutely <laughs> subtract x amount of dollars from like my I net value when i spent, since starting old school i haven't invested so much more in magic just by buying all the duels that I bought alone, 
I still don't own any power, but like hundreds of dollars, you know? And like, I don't, I, I, I love just building and I love that challenge of like, what can I like work towards? And I feel like that work is still somehow relevant, even though it is cost prohibitive because something that I think is really, really cool about old school is like, when I play a card, like when I remember when I first got my showers out and people were just like, when'd you get a showers out? Like who the fuck knows my collection? <laughs> we all have, like, it's kind of true though. Yeah. We have this yeah. knowledge of each other's like, you have a ruby? <laughs> when did you get I a ruby? I definitely noticed that. Yeah. yeah. Like, and sure. That's like a really cool, like we all grow together as a player group when we're just kind of like, you have a tabernacle? Stop. When? How did you get it? What was the deal? You know, like, how did you find it? You know, like, and so proxies are cool, but proxies to me, don't the fun part of old school has always been to me. just like, what do you own and what's the best you can do? And like, how much have you put yourself into it? Cause people that have power too always kind of always have always had it. So they're like these, you know, veterans or something, you know, which is cool. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't like there to be a gate to it, but the gate to it also does, it does have some qualities that I think are worth like maintaining. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like your take on this because you're someone who <laughs> doesn't own power and definitely benefits from there being like a more lax policy on, on proxies. But you, yeah, I have, you maintain still like, Hey, there's a reason I don't have this stuff. And actually the, the, the journey toward getting it, is rewarding in and of itself without the same gratification. I think so because with the proxies, I can build virtually anything. I don't have all the blue duels that I need, but I do own some. So I, I own enough to splash blue into what I'm doing. But like there is something so fun about the 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 deck limitations of like, well, what do you have? And I could almost I mean Jayco and um is always very friendly about, I, I, was very, I don't know who else off the top of my head. Most people are very friendly about like, I'm not using it. I like it to be like, this is the most of my collection. This is a statement of myself, you know, that, that sort of creativity angle of like, of what I, of to myself and the, the, the discipline that I have towards the game and my development as a player, this is where I exist, you know, like that to me is something kind of valuable. I yeah, think the, the collecting we'll go, the cards. Yeah. Collecting the cards is like the hero's journey. And it's when I first got into old school, I was playing totally unpowered pink weenie and it was it was fun. It was like a ch- I, I feeling you I think we lost him. <laughs> I was going to say, I was hoping that wasn't just me. I was, yeah, I was wondering if that was just me or not. He <laughs> was starting this like very beautiful point. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler in LA, you're on the air. <laughs> was like, it's like the hero's journey. Me, I started from the ground. Of the earth. <laughs> hey, not all and the heroes my- <laughs> make it to the end of the dungeon, dude. Sometimes if you get left by the wayside. <laughs> Boss is over here like, oh, really? I was always lotusing out mind twists from day one. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's funny. Uh, that. To his point, if this is where he was going, to his point, and this is sort of a tangent. <laughs> and then there like, were three. <laughs> I, I would say this, though, to, to that point, to that end, 
I am always really impressed though when I run into somebody playing a fully powered out like weird deck. You know what I mean? Like I remember playing against like powered like living plane prodigal sorcerer. Sure. You know, and you're like, what? Like of all the, you have all this power. Why aren't you just playing the deck? Like I would you just wander it. Power. Why aren't you playing a proper deck and you're playing a silly, you know, subpar like combo? And yet I'm having so much fun because you chose to go that road less traveled. I'm a poet by nature. I don't know if you guys <laughs> Sometimes when, when you're used to having filet mignon every night, sometimes you just want a Big Mac though, too. Right? Yeah, the same policy, yes. So, Roar, what did you, you know, with the addition of Blue Power, how did that affect, because you were doing a disco deck, right? Yeah. So how did it, you know, what were what was your takeaway from having I just extra it. juice? You know, I, I'll say, like, I get it. And in a way that's like, okay, up front, totally obvious. I get it why people play Power. I get why people do this. But, like, I've always kind of struggled because I don't own it. <laughs> cards that i do own so I played disco because that's a real equalizer to me like blowing up a disc and destroying all the power they may have played or any permanents that have come into play disc to me is a real key to the format if you don't have power it can it's not a guarantee but it can certainly reset the game and give you a certain advantage with control over the reset um I would say that I would like to try something else if and when we do another like quarantine cup three, maybe because I'm working on a different disco bill as the last one. But I realize as the more I think about it, I don't need to be playing an equalizer. Now that I have the power, I could do a lot more. I could do whatever I want. I have the power nine. And to be totally honest with you, I never have before. So I never built with that in mind. I think that the world was more open to me than I gave it credit for just because I'm not used to thinking in that way. I've always been trying to build like that deck that can like hold its own at the table without power. Yeah. You're the bad guy now. Yeah. Right now I'm, now I'm Razor Ramon, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Our games were kind of weird. And, and just for the record here, Roar and I played in the Q cup and uh, we both, they were both kind of like derpy non games. Cause we both flooded out really bad. And then um, he played a disc, and like I just, I literally just top decked a disenchant. And oh, Moss flooded <laughs> out. That must have been a real disappointing result for you, Moss. Yeah, yeah. A no, rare I mean, and disappointing outcome. Is uh, <laughs> as much as as badly as I was flooding out. Roar was like insanely flooded out. He just went like land go, like what, like eight turns in a row or something. I, I played Raja last night, um, which was fantastic. I love playing against him. Um, and that the game one and two we had were were games. They were tit for tat, threat answer, threat answer. And then yeah, third game was that that um, that luck rolling back when we reached a certain point when it like hit this brick wall when it was just like land, 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 land. And like, what is it? What what do I do? <laughs> like, what was I in a past life? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I've simp- I'm, I hear you, brother. I sympathize. <laughs> oh, he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a time, or I think it was game one, Roar, when you bolted me three times on my end step. That was pretty rude. I thought you were going to get that one because I was starting to inch pretty low. I thought you were just like building up to a giant fireball. You had like 12 lands and you had just bolted me three times. 
the, the real comedy there is like, I always love playing big red and throwing huge fireballs. And when I get to a late game and I don't have a fireball, I'm like, you've changed. <laughs> you saw <laughs> your that. principles for the glittering ancestral. Yeah. One, yeah. one, one time walk and he just threw all his values away. <laughs> Tyler, what are you playing for the Q cup? Tyler from California, you're on the air. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's back in the land of. That was the most beautiful story of my life. I'm so glad I got to share that story with you all. <laughs> oh man, I'll never forget it. Oh, dude, and yeah. we got every little bit of that of that yeah. morsel. That so was much. just that was a, that was a verbal feast, and we just ate everybody. <laughs> so, so much good. pathos. Although that, honestly, a little profane for my taste. Like, well, yeah, hey, you know, this is an adult, an adults-only podcast. On the podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. So for the Q Cup, I uh, wanted to be just like the champ here when I grew up, and I ran back his exact seventy-five Ooh. and finished a miserable <laughs> own four. Oh, so no. you mean you weren't insanely lucky <laughs> you not forgot to pack that 76th card which is insane <laughs> luck it's just the second time luck <laughs> the ace up the sleeve yeah what went oh, wrong no. oh no i can't believe it i it was- i'm I didn't put in the reps, you know, like I, I didn't deserve it. I, I wanted to just get that, you know, easy W's, but I didn't test. I just went straight into my match one, not playing the deck once just lost. So I deserved. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. That's definitely true. When, um, when I saw Serendibs, I would always bring in the mazes and the, um, meek stones as opposed to Maryland. Can I, can I posit a real question that just makes me think how do you, I don't say how often, but I feel like personally very often before like a Lord's event, I have a deck in mind and then the night before I'm like audible. Uh, yeah. I've done that. Does this often happen yeah. to you guys? Yeah. For sure, that's what I did this time. I did. Like, that I'll before. be like, I'll have a deck that is good, is tested, is ready. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is a Lord's event. Like, what are you playing the same deck you played before? That does no, no. Do the different one. Like, take out the thing that made it work and put in something questionable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did yeah. that before the very first old school players ball. I had a Dia Bizarre Zoo built, and then I woke up early that day and then just built some like black white stew with jisms and white <laughs> removal cards. <laughs> I oh, think, well. that, yeah, that's definitely, actually, that's also happened to me for that tournament uh, specifically, where it's like, I had a plan, I'm like, ah, I could just play Stasis, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We definitely yep. just play Stasis. I hate Stasis yeah, this, as much as I love Stasis, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the card represents, the art of the card, you could do a whole episode about Stasis, I feel like, in and of itself. It's such an enigmatic, beautiful thing. But at the end of the day, fuck stasis. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely an absolutely miserable experience to play against. But, you know, you got to do it. It's old no, no, school. It's, like, it's old school crazy. without stasis just seems like, what are you doing? No, I, I, I completely agree. I, I think it's, like, it's iconic. 
It's iconic. To me, it's the more iconic. Killer than, of the format. It's like the most iconic prison card, I think, of all time. More than Nether Void or Titania Song. It's like the, you know, it's the prison card. Yeah, that is entirely true. It was also a very scary card, uh, you know, as a, as a young man back in the day. If somebody was, was playing a, a Stasis Prison deck, it was a thing to be feared because nobody could beat it. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I don't really know the general age of either the people who are lords or the people who listen to this, but I remember when I was a kid that Stasis Kismet was this combo that Inquest would always talk about as like a combo, but Stasis, when Chronotog got printed in, Vin, in Visions, it was suddenly a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. It was suddenly like, no, you can just keep skipping your turn now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you don't have to find a way to pay for stasis? Like, <laughs> yeah, you played that. You played a stasis chronotog deck at uh, Lord's House, didn't you, Roar? I sure did, yeah. Yeah, that deck was sick. It's, it's, I still have it together. I was, I'm not saying I'm going to play it for middle school. I still don't know what I'm going to play for middle school, but like, I like that deck a lot. I like meditate with that. Like just yeah, skip my turn. Like I'll draw, and you know, you you do another turn with Tangle Wire and Smokestack and play. So Roar and I played at the middle school. Uh, what did we call it? The cage match, the double elimination thing at Lord's house, and uh, he was on this Stasis Chronotog deck, and he and I was playing Reanimator, the bigger version, and he just kept passing the turn over and over and over. So I finally just drew up to eight cards. I, and Rory, you were pretty low in life at, at, by this point, by the time you got the, the combo going. So I just, yeah. I drew up to eight cards, discarded a spirit of the night next turn, just animated it and it's hasted and just bashed him for the W. <laughs> so like, what is the win con? What, what's the usual win con there? So for there you? are different ways to go. I think I tried. Okay. So having a smokestack online in that deck is just eat all their permanence away. Yeah. Um, or, I think because you hit the reanimate because when I would keep passing, it's usually because I have like a tangle wire online and you're all tapped down. Yeah. So with stasis and not untapping, you're kind of down to like one mana source a turn that's going to get tapped the next turn. So in your case, you hit the one mana to reanimate spirit of the night, which was nothing I could do about it, but I was hoping yeah. to keep you on one mana and just hope for the best because of like where the game state was at. Yeah. But that's not ideal. You, um, I've seen some builds that run like, even like root maze because it's a little cheaper than kismet and you can go blue green. Um, and then that'll make like, you know, artifacts and lands come into play tab. So any mana source would just be locked out and then I would just make you draw out. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I had an out, I just had to draw it. Draw no, yeah, dra- I just had, had to draw up my hand case. to discard the out. You had the case out in that case. I tried to go straight mono blue. I kind of, kind of learned my lesson there. I think I'd rather either run white for kismet or green for, root maze but at that point i was just kind of testing that list out because i thought mono blue would favor force of will better but i could still pull off the force of will without it so yeah there's definitely a middle school stasis deck that just plays a billion counter spells too right i mean instead of all those so good lock pieces yeah arcane denial yeah there's um uh there's another pitch counter right that Misdirection. Misdirection. Yeah. No, it's um. It like. Thwart foil. Is it Gut? thwart days? I don't know. It might be thwart <laughs> the, foil. The pitch cards. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm not super familiar with it. It's the one you use in that squee deck, right? Um. Oh, that that's. Are you? Are you thinking of forbid? 
Yeah, I think so. Forbid. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just another free counter. Anyway, I won't. I won't harp on it. But yeah, stasis. Everyone should try. It. <laughs> yeah, try stasis. stasis. It's for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the crowd pleaser. And Black Spice is still kind of like a clock. Like, that's yeah. quick. Um, yeah, you could probably win with, like, Morphling, too, right? Morphling can untap itself. That's true, but you have to pay for it. You need the mana to, to fuel it, though. Um, yeah, I guess if you're not continuously bouncing your own stasis back to your hand, but instead, like, skipping your turns or using Forsaken City, you don't have that much mana in play. Good point. It's still Morphling, good card. Oh, yeah. Morphling Sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, I heard that one's good. Yeah. I've heard. <laughs> the Duelist had an article about it. Is um, Chronotog available to play in um, Scrines? I don't believe so. I remember looking at Scrines. God, I wish I had that open in front of me right now. I don't. When I saw, so what is the story on Scrines? Like, who came up with this list, by the way? Um, what was some, the committee decision there? Because the, I like it, I do. I'm just curious. Like it's it's like an arbitrary amount of cards. It feels like it's um. It was the convocation of uh, of Magnus and some pals. Okay. Um, wanting to, um, yeah, wanting to add like an expansion pack to old school. Let's see if Chronotog is... Did it, did, did it just not seem acceptable to like go to like through Weatherlight or something? Do they just not want to do that? Oh, yeah, there is There's Chronotog. Weatherlight cards in there. Yeah, you can you can play Chronotog in, uh, in Scryings. All right, there you go. Pretty cool. Yeah. At least I think it came up before, but Scryings Song of Blood was very exciting to me. That one's the one that jumped out to me the most. What's Song, Song of Blood? Blood do? Song of well, Song of Blood's it's one in a red, it's a sorcery. You mill the top four, and then for each creature milled in that way, attacking creatures you control get plus one plus out till end of turn. Oh, that's cool. So, so like there's only one card. There's only one yeah, card that caught my attention, which was Orcish Lumberjack, and I stopped oh. reading the rest of it. So I'm like, Love <laughs> Orcish Lumberjack. I just think if you made a straight up a, like creature deck with Song of Blood and just went in, I mean that's that's a hell of an anthem. If you get like if you get that four zero, you know, yeah, yeah, is that like a Cobalt's like Blood Moon deck or something? Just <laughs> now, conversely, you could mill zero creatures and spend one in a red to do nothing. Oops. <laughs> You I'm do sure one of that's, my favorite things. I'm sure that's is, never happened before. You do one of my yeah. No one's ever played Song of Blood before. Is what you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how good it is. I saw it, when I saw the Scrags list roar. I I had one one thought that went through my my brain like a bolt of lightning, and that was to play Reanimator because they added basically all of the good stuff: Deep Spawn, Ashen Ghoul, Krovik and Horror, Buried Alive, Dance of the Dead. And remember, also, it's a one-strip format, so your bizarre Baghdad is super powerful. What did the what lands did they add? Because didn't they add like a couple non-basics that were uh, undiscovered paradise, Keldoran outpost, and maybe oh, a couple others that I don't remember. Dude, thawing glaciers, thawing glaciers. Thank you. Good call. White weenie outpost game. That's game over, dude. Does does outpost actually make white tokens? Yeah, so white one one phantom. Are they yeah, white soldier? Are yeah, they white soldier tokens? White one one soldiers. Nice. 
And it's, uh, that is, if, yeah, I'm going to give away my tech right now. If I play Scryings, that's, if and when we play Scryings, that's, that's coming up. We did a little small uh, round robin Scryings thing. Um, it wrapped up like a week or so ago. It was just a little six or uh, seven man thing. It was pretty fun. Um, uh, Nick View, uh, one of the uh, Michigan guys, ended up going six, five and one. Uh, but he was playing like a disco list that utilized Goblin Tinker and Dwarven Minor oh, with the discs. Tinker. So it, so he had those little uh, – and he had stupers to attack hands too. Uh, but it was otherwise kind of your more prototypical disco deck with Sedge Trolls discs. And then he also uses um, Rook Eggs. It was a cool list. Um, he ended up – he beat me down pretty hard because he had just – uh, he had maze of uh, multiple maze of it, and between the mazes, the discs sitting in a bottle, I just couldn't get through with my reanimated dudes. Hmm. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun th- it was a fun uh, departure. I, I don't know how often I would want to do a, a scryings thing, you know, maybe once a year or something. I don't know. But um, did you play um, buried alive? I ended up I ended up cutting that because my my mana base was hyper greedy. Um, and so a three drop is actually kind of hard <laughs> as, as embarrassing as that is to say the only three, three drops I used were wheel and time twister. Um, but I, I wish I ended. And so I ended up cutting them for a, for the mana reason. And also I wanted to run main deck crumbles because I knew all of those guys knew I was going to run, um, reanimator. And so I, I was afraid of trying to get Shanghai by a game one, uh, crypt, you know? <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, I see. Um, if you're if you are wanting to play against Bottle, uh, Buried Alive seems like a pretty. Solid it's a good. Option. It's a good way around it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But sitting in a bottle is. I mean, now Crypt was Crypt was pretty tough for me, but I I never had a problem with the first one, and I even beat Shane when he crypted me twice. But uh, against our beloved Mister Punts, he went Crypt Crypt Regrowth Crypt. And that just <laughs> was no bueno. Uh, so you're saying three, three, the third three one. will do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the third bullet in the skull finally puts me out of my misery. <laughs> <laughs> no cards for old men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but there's um, some cool but, shit. There's other cool shit. You can do that mask dreadnought trick where you basically stifle the, the oh, dreadnoughts yeah. ETB trigger and then you have a giant 12-12 that gets shattered. <laughs> I mean, I'm just integrated. Yeah. is actually a pretty good one for the land tax or land's edge deck, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's something I was considering because instead of doing what's it called? Uh, Rainbow Veil and giving your opponent mana. Exactly. You're kind of reducing your land count and putting a land back in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you also get Zuranorb for that strategy, which is, in my opinion, one of the most insane cards ever printed. I want to play 95 again because I've been thinking about a 95 Tax Edge deck. With If I pick a favorite event, we do the Fall Brawl because of its 95. I love 95. <laughs> adding that one... I love that event, yeah. Adding a little bit extra... That one, Ice Age, to me, was such a cool set. Um, no pun intended, but very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. We were just going to let that slide. Yeah. I wanted you all to recognize... <laughs> Damn. 
Yeah. We're just going to hopefully silently move on from that one. But yeah, we're going to go All ahead. Right. Here we, we are. had a breath where we could edit that out and you went ahead and just continued. Nah, man, we don't edit. I was going to, as soon as the podcast ended and you left the chat room, I was going to say, editors, we're going to edit that. Um, yeah, cool. We all heard that. It's that straight to tape. <laughs> Can't do it. The, the only time we've had to do edits is like when Bob got like personal dunking on people and we had to like edit that out just because it was so out of bounds. The only person we edit is Bob. And it's <laughs> <laughs> And it's for good reason. He's extremely yeah. unsavory. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, all right, I'm going to switch the topic. So there was there was a thing I wanted to touch on, and it, I'm glad that we have this quartet because it, it it has to do with like things that you do, and, and obviously these days there's a lot less going on, but in the creative realm in terms of like performance and stuff, but like everybody here has done some kind of performance art related stuff. Um, you know, Tyler, you've done music. Uh, Nick does the, the readings, uh, Carter stage, the star of stage and screen, um, and myself doing various bands. But my, my question to everybody here, and I'll just open up the floor was like, how does doing MTG stuff influence or does it influence uh, how you approach other creative venues, avenues, or uh, how does that influence kind of flow uh, vice versa? So how does um, doing creative stuff influence what you do in the MTG world? Yeah, I can start. So for me, it was, it's hugely influential. When I, I played a lot of magic as a teenager and then I joined a band and then I went to college and I knew that only two of those three things could survive magic college band. So I had to kill one of them. I killed magic because that seemed to be the most logical thing. I was 17 years old and seemed like the one that was the least made the least sense. And I, uh, played in a lot of bands, like toured a lot, like gave my all in college. Like, you know, I went to Columbia college, Chicago for art, like art and music was so important to me probably too important like it i put so much emphasis on all my art and all my music and my performance and everything i was doing i took it all so seriously that um i don't know i kind of uh, i don't want to say i hurt myself but like i definitely got myself to a pretty bad place because i just put so much weight on it so then when i came back to magic in 2015 2014 2015 it was like this release valve of creativity that could go to something that's just totally fun and creative that didn't have any associations with my ego or with my artistic vision, man, or like what I was about. It's just like this really fun thing I could do that wasn't attached to like this legacy of my art and my work. So for me, magic is this amazing creative release valve. That's just like, a place I can go to brew some crazy janky mid-range deck and like have fun. And because of that, it, it like it almost releases the pressure and liberates me to make better work in my other mediums. So I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's like, it's, it's like this safe space to like do really crazy wonky stuff that makes your other work more powerful. Yeah. The freedom to try something and fail is not a luxury that a lot of us have. Um, but it's actually very safe to do in magic, you know? Mm, that's a good way to look you, at it. There's, um, you can make an awful deck and lose a bunch with it, and that's okay. And it's 
it, it can be a lot more punishing, I think, in other modes of creativity. Like to go on stage and play a show and suck is, I mean, it's part of the creative process for sure, but it's heartbreaking. It hurts. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so it is it, this kind of like um, incubation chamber for practicing failure, which I think is an essential for any artist. I don't know what it's like to fail. But <laughs> as someone who's always got it right the first time, <laughs> I hear it's terrible. I hear it's humiliating to fail. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, to that, like, um, old school, like, has its flaws because it is. My only problem with like standard, even, is that it's literally the same pool. So when there's some pro who comes forward and is like, this is the most tested, this is the most successful list. And old school is not immune to that. And yet we have this desire to keep playing a format. I don't want to say that is solved, but to the idea that you play the restricted list and then whatever you want on top of that, you don't have to do that. And I find that whenever somebody plays a card that's like, I don't know. If somebody resolves something to me that I've never seen before, that becomes my favorite game. Right? Like, sure. uh, yes. You ever play like, uh, like somebody just plays a card that you have never seen another person play. And you're just like, this has now become the best game of old school I've played yet. Like Acid Rain. Exactly. <laughs> like if somebody resolved a card that I'm just like, wait, can I read that? It became a better game. You know what? That actually is interesting because in that game, I was losing horribly. I had turned one of his Sarah Angels into a 5-5. Five five. He untaps. <laughs> so I, I, I turned his Sarah Angel into a 5-5, five five, tapped it with Tredsbogrit, attacked him for some damage. He untaps, plays a second Angel, cast Time Walk, hits me for five, untaps, hits me again for a million, rats my board, and then plays the Acid Rain. Like, after he played the second angel in Time Walk, I could have just conceded, right? Yeah. Makes, makes sense. And yet, there was this thing inside my brain that is like, no, stay in this. Something <laughs> even stupider is going to happen, and you're going to have regret. You're going to regret having conceded. And I and I assume that if I did concede there, he would have gone like, and I was about to acid rain you too. Yeah, which right. Is not, which is not as good as actually like having that moment play out in the in the game. There's things that you can do that provide joy to your opponent, even though you're playing a game piece that's trying to beat them. Um, a novel a novel experience for your opponent is is definitely like a gift in a way, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Nick, have you oh, done? Yeah. I get have, oh, go so ahead. Much, I was just gonna say I, I get so much pleasure out of letting, not letting, but when when the opponent is doing something that's completely off the wall, this weird card they dredged up from whatever dark corner of Ice Age in our '95 Fall Brawl, and then they they get it working. They get this Rube Goldberg machine working. I love like those prison games where I just can't do anything and I'm locked out to some ridiculous end because it's like it's fun. It's like holy crap! Like how did you do that? It actually worked. And and maybe this maybe this is your opponent's one time that day that they got to do the thing. Like don't concede. Like let them play it out. Like see what happens. 
I guess, so, so my take is it's more about the, I, I think about the collaborative process and maybe a little bit less about the actual gameplay, but uh, more like with all of the, uh, the apparatus that we've built up around it. Um, and, and Tyler, you know this, or, or actually all you guys know this from your different creative pursuits, but like a, a lot of uh, performance is uh, collaboration, whether it's on stage or, or getting something prepared to present or whatever. Um, and so, you know, in my music world and in doing the band stuff, you know, it's obviously very collaborative. It's an ensemble performance, but, uh, in the magic world, I've really kind of brought that back to me, to, uh, on the, uh, on the websites that we run now and especially doing a lot of the editing. So I, I've, I've taken a lot of joy in taking, uh, stories or blog posts or, you know, tournament reports or, or, you know, whatever ramblings or missives people want to create and then helping like shape that, um, into, you know, what I, you know, something that we can all be really proud of to share with the world, um, you know, through the editing process, you know, asking them for other details or, you know, just, I mean, just the, the, the rote copy editing stuff, but also like trying to improve the story and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, doing the oh, formatting yeah. and all that stuff, it's, it's turned out, it, it kind of scratches that itch, um, because I, I do a lot less music, you know, not these days, well, these days, certainly, but in general, I do a lot less band activity than I used to, you know, two, three, five, ten years ago. But, um, I still really enjoy that collaborative process, um, you know, that I, I share with you guys and with the other Lords on the website. And that's one of the keys of being an artist. Like the, the main thing when you're an artist is to figure out how to not stop, how to not give up. And one of the key ways to not give up is to find other people to help you do that. So by creating this community where we're editing each other's blog posts or hitting yeah. each other up for tournament reports or inviting different lords onto the pit or on, onto the pit cast, um, yeah, yeah. talking to each other, like keeping that flywheel going so that you're not alone is so powerful. And it's, it's, it's that creative energy and it, it keeps it moving. Yeah. And it's the same for me, you know, it's a total joy to help maintain the website. And like, I just migrated our server a couple weeks ago, <laughs> like upgraded stuff. Yeah. And, like, it was a slog because it was hacked and we were getting, you know, the, the, the server was totally pwned <laughs> so, in there. So was it a select group of people that. from uh, from Southern California trying to gain access to our So, no, I, I, I'd been getting like these random reports and comments from people saying, hey, man, I like, uh, you know, I'll click on the link that you post and or, you know, if I share a, a post or an update or whatever. And they're like, and it's taken me like some bullshit website i'm like well send me a screenshot and, and then of course the first round tyler's like i don't know it's probably their fucking fault <laughs> but, hey uh, did you try turning it off and turning it back on again it, asshole yeah, dude. wait after you turn it off did you turn it back on <laughs> but uh, did you fuck it yeah but then we finally got a preponderance of the evidence and so yeah yeah mr editors our, our web maestro uh got us into safer waters yeah, so I uh, dove in there and found the the injected and hacked WordPress files. I was like, oh no! But anyways, like, was so it Carter's that, post? Like, it, 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 <laughs> no, it, it was Bob's. It was oh, Bob's <laughs> big brain! <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I, I basically blew blew an entire Saturday like migrating lordsofthepit.com. But like, it was a joy. It's like this is something that I'm proud of. And we're all proud of. And oh, yeah. through yeah. through this collective labor, it's like we've created something that's yeah. for everybody and for us and for the 
annals of history. Oh my God. And does it now more than ever make you think about like doing things for posterity and how, oh, and how glad you are that it's done? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, like in, 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 uh, in terms of uh, creativity too, I, I was telling Moss about this when we played, I have, you know, just various people I've met online who, you know, just, just, you know, the, the myriad of the internet, but when they were like talking about magic, Oh, I play old school. Oh, that's so cool. What do you play? And they'll have deck photos of their deck laid out and I'll show them my deck photo. Like this is my most recent, or these are some favorite ones. And they'll be like, what is wrong with your cards? Like why are their signatures? Like your cards are so damaged. And I'm just like, Oh, right. <laughs> it's such, it's, it's, it's something I didn't realize is as potentially regional as it is, or like the behavior isn't necessarily widespread. Like their decks were like in pristine mm-hmm. condition, like, double sleeved, you know, like just these beautiful, like just very laid out so gingerly. And I'm just like, just, you know, this is my like, you know, shit pile that like everybody draws out of the Sharpies, you know, like, yeah. and that makes me proud. Like, but it was also cool to meet people that play this, that play it like casually, like not go to events, just kind of play like with their friends, you know, like kitchen table, strictly old cards. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned like the altered card stuff because like, you know, going back to my days in the bands and stuff, I always used to like to slap other band stickers or whatever, you know, all kinds of stickers and junk all over my guitar cases, amp cases, sometimes amps, etc. And just as a way to kind of, you know, fuck it up and make it look personalized and, and weird. And nowadays I do that by getting cards signed or altered or, you know, mm-hmm. doing whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot of, of uh, overlay there. Moss, what about your um the the feedback loop of writing music to deck building for you? How does that how's that cycle work? Uh, well, in the old school realm, it's the the actual deck building is pretty much shut down. <laughs> I'm really just kind of cycling between a few a handful oh. of select top tier. Let's one just brews. say that <laughs> let's just say that Moss likes the selection of covers. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's what I call Moss. Loaded <laughs> question, yeah. hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll answer it. I'll answer it faithfully. Um, but on, I guess I do a little bit more brewing on the middle school side, um, and it, that scratches that itch where I'm. I'm just trying to think outside the box, and, mm-hmm. and like when I, it's actually funny you mentioned it because one of my old bands were getting back together in an online capacity to collaborate, and I'm starting now to like restart the engine of writing music and it's been a little bit atrophied and it's like anything else you know you just got to get back on the bike and you'll remember how to ride but um yeah i've just been kind of thinking about that process of of creating something out of nothing um and and with like middle school decks that that's kind of where i have engaged with that process like when i spent a year playing that slivers stew and obviously people have played slivers decks forever but like you know i was iterating on it and and fine-tuning it over a period of time um yeah i i I don't know i I guess we'll just we'll see we'll see how it goes like i said it i i just it's been so long since i've written any music so i'm trying to kind of get my brain back into it a little bit so i i don't know yet what influence is going to happen but i'm excited to find out Mm -hmm. yeah i'm very happy for you that you have that uh avenue once again yeah it'll be cool it shall be cool. 
Um, do we want to hit on that last little topic nugget thing or do we want to wrap it up or? Yeah, let's hit it. Um, yeah. Lots of people out there with nothing better to do. Than no shit. Else. Right. Yeah, okay. So poor suckers. Yeah, I'll, I'll set the table and and Tyler, I'm I'm quoting you directly to your face. Um, so you know if, if I if I misstep, Do feel it. free to correct me. But this and I copy and pasted this from a chat that we had about a year ago, six eight months ago, whatever. Uh, it says Tyler Edders on the state of old school. <laughs> it's sort of like pro <laughs> wrestling at this point. You have to keep the suspension of disbelief going, and it it, it struck me so much that I copied and pasted it in my file of, of stuff to discuss. Um, so yeah, I, I just kind of want to pick your brain on what you, what you were thinking by that. And then I'll, you know, I'm sure we can all chime in with our two cents. Yeah. So a, a, a wrestling scholar and connoisseur, I am not, but what I do enjoy about wrestling is it's, it's fun and it is it is like self-fulfilling it is it is it fuels itself and it keeps going and with old school i feel like we're sort of to that point where like at lord's house we were joking about what it would look like to not even have magic as part of it as just like hanging out together well, the tournament, all those, like, right, exactly. So like that constellation of stuff sort of fits together into this larger picture of w- what are we really here for and what are we really doing? And wrestling to me is like, it's like a celebration. It's fun. It's ridiculous. And. But we all know it's always going to be, <laughs> but we all know it's fake, but there's always going to be like, a conflict and there's always going to be entertainment and it's always going to be fun. Like there's, there's an aspect of it that's never going to change. And like, in order to keep enjoying it, you have to suspend your disbelief to keep enjoying it. Like sure. There's going to be new technology or like new developments with spitting slug and Ashton's transomigrant or whatever you, ha- you might have, <laughs> but, you know, our, 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 our esteemed, our esteemed colleague and scholar who shall remain unnamed often proclaims that magic is dead <laughs> and to me, that's because, you know, he, to him, like his suspension of disbelief has kind of evaporated. Like he, he, he refuses to continue having fun with this world that we've created. But if you want to keep having fun with it, like y- you have to suspend some level of disbelief to continue having fun with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I was going. Like Nick with, Carter, with, like, what do you guys think? With, with pro wrestling, which I think is a funny analogy nothing has really changed with pro wrestling other than like there that's a whole other conversation i will acknowledge it's changed but like there's a tradition of like the heel and the baby face like there's all these things of like who's supposed to win i'm i don't want to unless you guys will go down to it i'll go down to it but my main thing is like when somebody casts an ancestral recall that's like an elbow drop right yeah yeah you would never in a fight drop an elbow but in wrestling, when somebody gets on the top rope and brings up their arm for that elbow drop, you're like, yeah! Like, you get, even when somebody casts, like, a time twister, I'm excited. I'm like, what are we doing yeah. now? Like, where's the match yeah. going? Like, even when you know there's, a, there's, like, a winner and a clear winner and a clear loser, I have no board state, and they're already, like, acid-raining me. I'm just like, what's the finisher? Like, you know, like... 
how are yep. you going to roll me up into a pin? Like, what's the, what's the, like, how are we going to do this? And that's, I think, the excitement, you know, that now oh, it's beautiful. Man, I really empathize with playing the heel. I'm like, I feel like I do that. I feel like I do that on purpose. Like, like trash talk so that the experience of beating me is like more satisfying. Mm-hmm. I, I will I, say I, that I, I will add to that, that there's it. The, the first time I, I was, the, the first time I was booed when my name was called at a, at an event, it felt pretty good. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That's good shit. <laughs> That's the you good know, stuff I mean, right it, there. It's like, it's like I was just saying about how I, I enjoy it when my opponent's Rube Goldberg machine starts going off. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're in the spike mentality and like the tournament grinder, you're like, oh, fuck, like I lost a, the Thopter sword combo. Like, yeah, it sucks. But it's like, no, dude, like your ridiculous thing is working. This is great. Like, destroy me. Like, awesome. Let's do it. And like, I'm going to be laughing and having a good time. And hopefully there's people around that are seeing it because our match has gone to time. And like, th- th- this is what's happening right now. This is going down. In, yeah. in my like, experience, I know that like I playing against like white weenie or some deck that's going wide. They keep committing to the board and I'm holding that earthquake. And I'm just like, yeah, you fucking idiot. And then on their <laughs> turn, they, they play the crusade and I'm like, Shit! and then they just go in, you know? And I'm yeah. like, ah, like, you know, like that, it feels good to lose in a way. You're just like, well, I, you know what? That's fair. Like, you know, I have waited for you. For, for not being a, a, a wrestling, a pro wrestling fan, Tyler, I think your, your point about the suspension of disbelief is pretty prescient. I mean, like the idea of this, this, the, the suspension of disbelief is so important to a pro wrestling audience because everybody knows it's fake quote unquote fake mm-hmm. it's scripted and they predetermined, but yet everybody's reacting as though it were real. Um, and I guess how I so think they have a good time. They're there to just have a good time. And, and like how I see it, how that translates into old school is like the, the, the format is, it has that kind of like fake phony feel to it because like you can just have this element where somebody's completely outclassed in the power department. Right. Um, it could be like a, you know, somebody's first deck versus the deck or, and not, I'm not harping on this, but you can just have non games where somebody can just, you know, draw five lands or, or draw no lands or, you know, just lose to a God hand opening seven. Um, so like the actual, in terms of an actual game design and like a, a test of skill, you know, you have to apply the suspension of disbelief, um, or at least that's how I see it in, in terms yes. of, of, of making yes. it more enjoyable. And that makes the sweet games so much sweeter yeah. when you have those like back and forth, yes. like threat for answer, threat for answer. My decisions actually matter because you have those blowout, like from the top turnbuckle yeah. fucking like time walk you know games that are just like ridiculous which are fun but then when you have the ones that like really matter that come down to it you know like yeah. carter your final the lord's house like those are just insane like everybody on the edge of our seats like ah, like screaming yeah, yeah. and it's just so much fun yeah it's so fun yeah what yeah. an amazing experience cool and you're really drunk and it's rowdy and it's rowdy like a pro wrestling crowd people are banging on the banging on the rails and throwing chairs in the ring and and whatnot right i used to go to uh, in wrestling terms because i own no power i would be like a jobber 
we could say <laughs> the job squad. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm the jabroni. Oh, you, you would be you would be the Al Snow so then, of the Lords of the Pit. I'll take, dude, I have I have a uh, um, job squad shirt. I'm not gonna nice. lie. Like, that's oh, nice. where I belong, dude. You got to wear that. Yeah, got to wear that. I wear it to the next. I wear it to the next yeah. event or or Zoom cast here. Yeah, yeah, don't let that sit in your closet. That's a that's a so. Per, per, oh, I wear it a lot. That's, apt, I, I wear it with pride. The, the most apt metaphor or analogy or bridge between pro wrestling and old school magic is the chaos org flip. Mm-hmm. Here is this ridiculously theatric thing that we do that somehow is supposed to be really important. How many games have you played where you've lost because you missed the chaos or flip? How many oh, games have you, you played? You lose every won? time. You lose every time. Yeah. You Unless lose. Unless it just doesn't matter. When you exactly. miss your flip, you lose. Almost always. So, like, here's this game where we're trying so hard to grind the deterministic, count the cards, figure out what's going on. And then in the end, it comes down to flipping a piece of cardboard to gravity. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, that is, that's such a yeah. perfect analogy to wrestling. Absolutely. And yet we, we've convinced ourselves that it's real. Or, or we're, we're, yeah. willing, we're willing to pretend that it, that it matters and that it's yeah. real. It, right. Oh, there's the job shirt. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Property of the job squad. All right. Yeah, so our- pop quiz, Roy, can you remember all the dudes who are in the job squad? Job I don't squad. Know. Job squad had Blue Meanie. Yes. It had uh, Stevie Richards. Yes. Um, Al Snow was the leader. Al, well, yeah. Al Snow. That's why I, I was called Al Snow. Yeah, yeah. There was, that was the three main ones. You're missing one. Well, Hardcore Holly wasn't in it, was he? Uh, he might have been. but I, I, I feel like I see him wearing it, but that's not right. You're you're thinking of a different bald dude who was a caricature of a of a really Gilbert. hot. De- Thank you, Dwayne Gill Gilbert. <laughs> I know Gilbert was for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Gilbert of the four. No, I'm gonna take Al Snow. <laughs> no, you'll, you'll we'll stick you with the Al Snow label. All right, that was enough nerding out on the pro wrestling. But you're right, we could go on for another hour on just that. That's a whole episode. Yeah, maybe some other time. Yeah, a whole episode that just the two of you will record. Yeah, right. Honestly, <laughs> that's fair. I will ascribe a wrestler to every old school player that I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm clearly the rock. <laughs> For middle school, maybe. For middle school, maybe, yeah. All right, anything else? Any other uh, fine points, or should we uh, go ahead and put a, put a fork in this one? No, it was, a, uh, it was a goddamn pleasure, gentlemen. Yeah, boys. Ooh. Times are fun. Who- so we had a happy hour last Friday. Who, uh, who who was it that told that amazing joke that went on and on and on? Were, were, were you guys on that? Yes, that was who? Wait a minute. No, it was Roar. Roar told me that joke last night, <laughs> two nights ago. <laughs> you went Roar. You want to hear it again? The, the, the joke saying? with the joke with like the three minute buildup. <laughs> Is that you need to hear the joke again? Is that yeah, Roar? Can you send us off with that joke? This is oh the God. bonus content. This is this, yeah, we'll close on this. Roar's <laughs> <laughs> tight five coming up. <laughs> I got, I got a tight five for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, you guys. <laughs> There was this, this guy walks into a bar. 
very drunk, very intoxicated, can't stand up, collapses right onto a bar stool. Bartender's like, no, get out, get out of here. Like, I'm not serving you. And he's like, just one beer. And the bartender's like, nothing for you. You are a mess. Get out of my bar. And he's like, can I at least play darts? The bartender, I'm not going to give you darts if I'm not going to serve you a drink. Get out of my bar. One dart. One dart. And if I hit the center, then I can stay. And the bartender's like, fine. You know what? There's no way. This will make him leave. There's no way he's going to hit the bullseye. Hands him one dart. The guy, not even looking, like head to the bar, just throws the dart in the air wildly, lands dead center in the bullseye. Bartender's astonished. Like, I cannot believe that this actually happened. So the guy's like, well, what do I win? I hit the bullseye. Bartender's not going to give him anything from the bar, and he's definitely not going to give him a drink. So he's looking around. He's like, uh, I got this turtle that I was going to give my nephew for his birthday, but I guess a drunk adult couldn't be worse than, like, you know, a kid. So he hands it to him, like, here you go, and the guy leaves. So the, the bartenders, you know, next day is a different bartender and he's, he's running bar, same drunk guy walks in now. And he's like, bartender, give me a drink. Same bartender, you know, respectable amount of, you know, class in the situation. I'm not going to serve you a drink. The, the drunk guy's like, you know, yesterday I was told that, you know, if I hit the bullseye, I'd get a prize. And so he figures, okay, the bartender from last night must give him some stupid task to get him out of here okay here's a here's a dart hands the guy a dart the guy throws the dart super drunkenly boom dead in the bullseye bartender's like oh i did not expect that to happen uh what did they give you last night as a prize the guy goes last night they gave me a roast beef on a hard roll (laughs) that's where we're gonna end it (laughs) see you next time guys good night good night everyone night night